Welcome to another story from The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson. We're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. Earlier this year, we had the pleasure of working with students from Southwest Open School in Cortez and Animus High School in Durango for a youth storytelling project called The Talent Tales. We really want to thank Nate Osgood at Southwest Open School and Allie Johnson from Animus High School for supporting this project that featured the voices of youth in our community. The story you're about to hear was told by Alexandra York, who's a freshman at Southwest Open School. In her free time, she's constantly writing and painting. With pen and paper, she hopes to change the world through her writing. And when her time is up, she hopes to have left an important story behind. Here's Alexandra's story. My story is a little unique, I guess. And I'm just going to tell you about this lesson that I learned through the experience of life. I knew Jared Blair since I was really young. (laughs) He was my sister's best friend, and of course, as you'll notice later in the story, he's older than me, so naturally, I'm like, oh, he's a cool kid. I wanna do stupid stuff to impress that cool kid. So, not not the best decisions I've made, but I'm just gonna say, it happened. (laughs) One of my earliest, earliest memories was Jared always had like this flirty, like lovable personality. He loved to make people feel wonderful. And he worked in a nursing home for like a little bit and he would always flirt with the old ladies. You know, you gotta remind, you gotta remind those old ladies that they're hot too. They're, they're cougars. <laughs> so, and that was his job. And we always had a flirty friendship. And I remember I woke up and I had drool pouring down my face. My hair was a mess, much like tonight. (laughs) And I looked at him and I was like, I had a dream you proposed to me with a ring pop. And I dramatically put out my hand and I'm like, you should get to that. And he nodded and he was like, yeah, I should do that. So we agreed to. And um, years later, here's one of my favorite memories. I had stayed at his house. in the year 2014. It was winter and it was really cold, but it was still nice enough to be outside. And he was the kind of guy to get drunk really easily because I remember he topped, he like took one beer and he was out. And like, I've never been a person who's really had, who can say that I've had my life flash before my eyes, but I guess I have. When I saw that eyeliner that he was trying to put on me in my eye, And I was like slightly terrified, but I was like, no, this is a cool kid. I got to impress him. And while he was drunkly trying to put on my makeup, he also tried to like force me to drink beer, which I took a sip of. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, I'll never be innocent again. (laughs) Well, just so you know, I still am innocent. Um, (laughs) Um, I remember that I guess we fell asleep, they fell asleep, um, Jared and my sister fell asleep watching American Dad. And I remember staring at Jared and it was like seeing the sunset or having a fire go out. He was the warmth and like the highlight of any room. And he just had such this incredible sense. He could make anyone smile and that's what I loved about him. And I remember I went upstairs and I fell asleep. And the next morning, I had another near-death experience. It's fine, I'm still here, so. 
he was driving me to Dairy Queen, well, well a restaurant. He was trying, and I'm a really indecisive person, and he was trying to uh, get me to a restaurant. And he's like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I don't know. Because I thought if I cho- I chose something, then he would like hate me because like what if that like what if he didn't want McDonald's? And I'm like, he's a cool kid. I gotta impress this dude. So I was like, I don't care. I'm fine with whatever. As he's swerving down Main Street, and I'm like seeing cars go by, and we're almost hitting them, and I'm kind of like saying my prayers, and I'm like, this is this is it. He finally takes us to Dairy Queen, and we have a really nice lunch. And he was like a real cheapskate, like. I'm sorry, but he's cheapskate. So the fact that he bought me food was pretty cool. Um, fast forward to 2017. It was April 19th, and I remember the day. It was a warm, kind of nice spring day, and my mom was in the bathroom, and I was painting. I had recently taken up the hobby along with writing because I'm a theater kid and I love writing plays. I constantly do it, not gonna lie. I always have to write something. Well, I was sitting there painting and I go see my mom and she's crying in the bathroom. And I'm like, that's, that's weird. And naturally my mind's like, okay, one of the old relatives that I don't even know the name of died. So I just kind of frown and I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm, wait, I'm giving her space. I go back out. I'm sitting there on the counter painting, and my brother's there, and we're making corny jokes. And I remember my mom, she came out, and immediately my dad took her outside to talk. And me and my brother shared a glance, like a look of concern, like, what's, what's going on? Like, this isn't normal. And my mom comes back in, and I remember everything just started feeling cold. As my mom said, Jared killed himself. And <coughs> it was like, like I was drowning. <sighs> like the room was filled with oxygen, but everyone else was, everyone else was drowning with me. And um, I remember just seeing my brother cry for the first time. And I saw my dad comfort my mom and I had to see my brother take on this role of trying to be supportive even though he was suffering so much and he was a real inspiration for me because of him well I kind of did an unhealthy thing and I kind of closed myself off and um, I stopped talking to a lot of people about my emotions but and I guess the only way for me the only place that I knew where to go was was the theater. And I started writing a play, I guess. I wrote down everything that I needed to hear. It was about a group of friends dealing with the suicide of one of their mutual friends. And kind of how I didn't, a lot in middle school was when this happened because I'm a freshman. A lot of people, I remember sitting there with my hoodie down, just trying to get through the hallways, hearing people whisper about me. Like, there's the girl who had her friend kill herself. And immediately, I was a sense of attention, and I hated it. I'm writing this show, 
the play that I wrote was a form for me to get my emotions out without having to be the owner of them, without anyone having to find their way back to me and say, this is how she feels. And it was really important for me because I went through a really rough time. I was really suicidal around that time. And I had never been the type to like never want to get out of bed before. And suddenly, suddenly it was like everything, even the simplest tasks were like climbing a mountain. But I got up and I wrote a play. <laughs> I wrote about my struggles and what I needed to hear. And <laughs> and I'm really glad I did. And while I was writing this play, I learned the lesson that I hope to share with all of you tonight is I felt guilty the whole time while I was grieving. I'm constantly grieving my friend. I felt so guilty for wanting to go away, for not wanting to wake up, for feeling bad even though it had been months after he died, for feeling sad because I felt like I wasn't the only one to share this grief, but I was, I was feeling so selfish, and it broke me. <laughs> and the lesson I want to share that I learned is it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to struggle and not always be happy, not always find joy in every moment, but to understand that you do have good things going for you, but it's okay to not feel okay. Thank you. Thanks to Alexandra for telling that story. To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share these stories with your friends. And to find out what the themes will be at upcoming events and to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to our website at ravennarratives.org, check out the events page, and then fill out the form on the contact page to pitch your story. The Raven Narratives also offers group and one-on-one storytelling services to support organizations and businesses. More on those services is also on our website. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there, taken by the incredible McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots Photography. Find out more about her photography services for shooting your portraits or special events at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. ¶¶